Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. Father, we thank you for your word today, Lord, and just thank you. We thank you the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, Father, so we thank you for joy. We thank you for the fact that you've made us righteous, and Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. And as we minister today, Lord, we acknowledge that we cannot minister without your help. We can do nothing without you, without the Holy Spirit. So, Father, thank you that you help us minister your word, and we'll be careful always to give you all the praise and glory and to acknowledge that without you, we can do nothing. In Jesus' name, amen. So this new series that we're starting is called, uh, it's just called, It's the Anointing. And we said it here before that uh, the word anointing is, uh, it's only in the New Testament a handful of times. And uh, maybe you're a new believer and you think, well, you don't really even know what the New and the Old Testament are, but the Old Testament was written before Jesus and the New Testament came as a result of Jesus. So you have, uh, we're, we're now we really like to read the New Testament because Jesus has been here. Uh, but the Old Testament, uh, th- there's so many good things in it. So our text scripture is coming from the Old Testament today in uh, Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27. And it says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. So that is an Old Testament scripture that talks about the anointing destroying a yoke. So we said it a couple times also here. The Old Testament is more exterior and the New Testament is more interior. In other words, the Old Testament, they actually fought battles with swords. The nation of Israel fought other nations and they had chariots and horses and swords. And that's really outside exterior. It's not so much heart. The New Testament is more interior and heart, and it's spiritual. And the New Testament says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And carnal is a word, it's it's an old King James word, and it means fleshly. So the weapons of our warfare, they're not fleshly. In other words, we're we're not going to fight with a sword. We We do our fighting in the spirit. So there is that difference between the old and the new. And then we also talked about here a a number of times that when you look at a scripture, you can look at that scripture in context. What is the context that it's written in? But then also at times you can look at a scripture outside the context uh, because sometimes a scripture can be in context but it yet can be prophetic about something that's coming or the scripture could also contain a spiritual principle that can be used all the time. So every time we look at a scripture, we want to first of all look at it in context, but then we, we, if it says anything out of context, either prophetic or something that's a spiritual principle, we can get something from that. So here's an example of that in Psalm chapter 22. Psalm chapter 22 is talking about David, King David, but yet it's also talking about Jesus about the day that he'll hang on a cross. All right, so there's something there that's in context, David, but something that's prophetic coming about Jesus. 
So anytime we look at the Bible, those kind of things, uh, we always want to go, what's the context first? But then also we can look outside the context. With that said, let's first of all look at Isaiah chapter 10 and look at what it's telling us in context. So Isaiah chapter 10 is about Israel and Assyria. So when you read it, it talks about the burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. This, who's his yoke? Well, his yoke and his burden, that's Assyria's yoke on the nation of Israel. That's what it's talking about. Assyria is, uh, is really like a thorn in the side of Israel, and they put a yoke and a burden on Israel, and Assyria was, at that time, they're just too strong, and Israel was suffering, and they weren't coming out on the winning side, uh, okay? So um, you can see it if you go back a couple verses. Uh, if you look at uh, verse number 12, going back there, and verse number 12, it says this. It says, when the Lord has finished all his work on Mount Zion and on Jerusalem, he will punish the speech of the arrogant heart of the king of Assyria and his boastful look in his eyes. So every nation back then had a king. So this is the king, and what you see here is the king, because of the way they're oppressing Israel, is being boastful and arrogant, all right? And then if you look two more verses down in verse 14, it says, my hand has found, this is the king talking, my hand has found like a nest the wealth of the peoples, and as one who gathers eggs that have been forsaken, so have I gathered all the earth. And there was none that moved a wing or opened the mouth or chirped. And so this is how this king is talking, how he went into Israel and he plundered them, robbing and oppressing the people of Israel and stealing from them, taking their wealth. So Israel was not winning at the time, and probably the reason why they weren't winning is they turned away from God, and that was a result of not having his protection because any time that they were following God, his protection was on them, and there would be no nation that could do that to them. So they're suffering because of this. So we could say uh, this, the Assyria problem was beyond anything Israel could solve on their own. It was too big for them at the time. They, they had nothing that they could do to deliver themselves. All right? So what kills and steals and destroys people. This is the Old Testament. Let's talk about the new. What kills and you know, robs us, kills, steals, and destroys people that are living under the New Testament, people that are Christian. And uh, we, we know, of course, the devil does that. Jesus said, I am come to give life, but the devil, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So that's what the devil does to people living today and he'll even do his best to do it to Christians. Okay, so we could say this, the, the things that kill, steal, and destroy go beyond our own abilities to undo them. Okay, so, uh, and you know, I, I know that there is, if you ever heard of Christian science, and uh, one minister who's gone home to be with the Lord and hopefully this is not offensive to you, but he said this about Christian science, it's neither Christian or science, you know, and uh, that should be funny, but 
But, um, and the reason is, is because while they, it's really not, it's neither Christian nor science, but they do this one thing, and Christian science, they, they actually deny reality. In other words, if you have a headache, you just say, I don't have a headache. And you know, they found results doing some, with small things by denying reality, they found that they've had some results with small things. But if cancer would come, denying that you have cancer, that really didn't work. And sometimes those kind of things will end up in the newspaper. These p crazy people that say they're Christians and uh, they denied that they were sick and then they died. You know what I mean? And so, so, it's, so uh, what, what we're saying, why are we saying this here? Well, what the things that the devil does we are not, we're not powerful enough outside of God to do anything about it. Just like Assyria, I mean, just like Israel could not do anything with Assyria, we have to understand that we cannot fight the devil in our flesh. Our flesh is not able to fight a spirit being like the devil. All right? So this, this is what we're wanting to say first. So let's go back to the scripture and let's then talk about the solution that God gave Israel. So going back to Isaiah chapter 10 and 27, Assyria is too big for him, so he says, it'll come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. So the solution that God had for Israel was the anointing. And the anointing is, you could say, the power of God. Israel could not do it in their natural abilities. They needed something else. So let's break this scripture down a little bit. There's three main things in this scripture. First of all, there was an appointed time, an appointed day would come. Secondly, the burden and yoke would be destroyed. And thirdly, it was the anointing that will do it. It's really simple. There was an appointed day, there was the burden and yoke were going to be destroyed, and the, the anointing was going to do that. All right? So this is the way the Lord planned to remove this. And here, it's really quite interesting. And you, you see how interesting it is when you look at other translations and see what it says about the latter part of this verse. So Isaiah 10 and verse 27, looking at the latter part in the American Standard Version, it says, and the yoke shall be destroyed by reason of fatness. Reason of fatness. Uh, the English Standard Version said, it, the yoke will be broken because of the fat. Uh, the... Uh, the NET, and I, I don't know, I got something wrong on one of these. Th that says, as far as the translation goes, the yoke will be taken off because, uh, 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 sorry, taken off because your neck will be too large. I like that. You know, I used to lift weights and my neck was a little bigger, you know. Um, but just a picture. I could bring some guys up here and demonstrate it by some, some of you guys with those kind of necks, you know. Uh, but, you know, just, you know, that, that picture of a neck, you know, you're lifting weights and your neck's getting bigger and you got something there and it just, just, it, it just gets big and that whatever's around there just, it bursts and it just falls to the ground, you know. And, uh, and then another translation, uh, the Amplified, it says, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the fatness which prevents it from going around your neck, okay. And then uh, another translation, which I'm not sure... I got NET twice here. The yoke will be broken because you have grown so fat. So when you look at a number of different translations, you always find that the majority of, and I, I look at about 10 translations a lot of times when I'm studying, and I, I always find that the majority of the translations say it 
the most, if they say the same thing, that's more or less the way it's said. Okay, so really the way that this is talking about is the neck, the fatness, the oil is going to increase so much that it will automatically destroy what's wrong. And that's what he's saying there. Okay. So Assyria, you know, plundered and they robbed Israel. There's a day coming, the Lord says, the fatness, the oil, the prosperity. In other words, you know, you, you robbed Israel of all their wealth, but I'm going to bless them so much. They're going to get, they're going to multiply numerically. They're going to get so prosperous. They're going to get so strong that automatically it's going to break the yoke and they're going to, and you won't be able to do that. In other words, God's going to put his blessing back on them. And that's how he was going to solve that problem. Okay. So we could say this, the anointing, it's the anointing that does the work. So that means it's not us. We cooperate with the anointing. And in the New Testament, you know, we said the, the word anointing is used a handful of times, but in the New Testament, the word grace is used like 150 times. So you could say you're anointed, or I could say you're graced. See, under the New Covenant, you're graced. That means you're anointed. So we could say it either way. Or we could say you have power on you. That's like saying you, you're graced. You have ability on you to do this. You, you know, so we're graced. We're anointed. We have power. That's, that's a different way. So it's the anointing that does it, and we cooperate with the anointing. So fast forward this now to Jesus. Okay, so here comes Jesus to the earth. And when Jesus came to the earth, it was filled with sickness. He came to an earth filled with sickness and pain. That's what he arrived to, all right? And so he's coming to the earth, and he finds it in this situation. Just like Assyria was oppressing Israel, and Israel couldn't do anything about it, the devil was doing that on the earth, and hence many people were sick and oppressed when Jesus showed up. So the king of Assyria, he robbed them of wealth. The devil robbed many people of health, okay? And Jesus shows up. So many people needed ministered to, and he shows up. And what does Jesus show up with? He shows up with the anointing, okay? And I, I don't know, you know, this... I, me and Patsy were watching a movie a couple years ago. It's been out for two, three, four years, maybe longer now. But, um, you know, there was this one part in the movie where the bad guy, he's going to get blown up, you know. But just before he gets blown up, he goes, I didn't see that coming, you know. And psh, then he gets <laughs> destroyed. You know, the, the king of Assyria didn't see that coming. And, you know, who, the devil didn't see that coming either, Okay. The, so so when, the devil doesn't usually factor in the power of God or the anointing. He doesn't factor that in. So Jesus comes to the earth, and look what the Bible says about Jesus in Acts chapter 10. and verse 38, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. So the handful of times that the word anointed is used in the New Testament, here's one of those times, and it says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? The anointing or the power. He was anointed with power. And you can use those words interchangeably. The anointing is power. Power is the anointing. The anointing is grace. Jesus was graced with healing power. However you want to say it. But 
Notice that the power that he was given, it was to go about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. The people could not deliver themselves, so God sent Jesus with something that was greater than what the devil had. So we could say the anointing did the work. We could say this, the anointing fights our enemies. The anointing overcomes our enemies. The anointing defeats our enemies. We could say all of those different things. And so the same way that Israel's yoke was broken because of the fatness, we could say that our yokes are broken because of the anointing. So here's a couple other scriptures. Luke chapter 11 and verse 22. It says, when a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are safe. So let's break that down a little bit. The strong man here is the devil, okay, and fully armed. You know, until Jesus came, the devil was putting sickness and oppression and all of these things on mankind, and they were, they were helpless, and they couldn't do anything about it. And it says the strong man fully armed, you know, Jesus spoiled the devil. He spoiled principalities and powers, and he made a show of them openly. But here's a strong man fully armed, and he's guarding his own palace. You know, the Bible says that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, we are individually the house of God. You're the house of God. I'm the house of God. We're temples of the Holy Spirit. And here's the devil messing with people, messing with temples and houses. And it says he, he guards his own palace. He's, he puts sickness and oppression and disease on people. And then because no one could do anything about it, just like the prideful king of Assyria, he's keeping that on people and he's, he's oppressing them. But, you know, he didn't see that coming. He didn't, he didn't realize what was going to happen there, okay? So then look at verse number 22. But when a stronger one, that's Jesus, then, then he attacks him and overcomes him. This is right in the context of somebody that had a devil, and the devil was cast out. And right after Jesus does this analogy, right after the devil was cast out of somebody's temple, this is what Jesus said about that. He's the stronger one, and he spoiled principalities and powers, and he overcame the devil. So that's one thing we want to say. It's the anointing that does the work. Then 1 John 4, in verse number 4, it, it says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Another scripture. And so we want to say some things about this anointing that we have today. So this anointing, we could say the oil, the fatness, whatever you want to call it, it flows through our hands. And it just doesn't flow through my hands. And those of you that have been with us for a long time, you know that we believe in teams here. We like teams. We, uh, we don't we don't do the big I, little you thing. We're, we're, we're in this together. We're doing life together. And we, we're, we're team. We're a big team. Okay? So when we talk about hands and the power of God flowing through hands, uh, the power of God will flow through your hands as well as it flows through my hands. The power of God, your hands, when you lay hands on, fights the same enemy that my hands, the power that flows through my hands fight. The power that flows through your hands overcomes and defeats the same enemy that the power that flows through my hands. And this scripture here in Mark chapter 16 and verse 18 
proves what I'm saying. It's just not like an idea that I have. It's like Mark 16 and verse 18. It says, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they, the apostles and prophets, shall lay hands on the sick. No, no, this is about believers, whoever is a believer. So apostles and prophets can do it, and I can do it as a pastor, uh, and I, you, an evangelist can do it. Everyone can do it, but also the believers can. So we're in it together. And I know some, like an, an evangelist, that's their main calling, and they do it more often, and they might have some enhancements, so I recognize that. So, but we want to just still say what the Bible says, whoever is a believer can lay hands on the sick, and when they do it, the power flows through their hands, and it brings fruit and results, okay? So as we're getting ready today, we're, and I'm going to not minister as long today because in my heart, and this is why as I was preparing for today, I felt like the Lord said there's some urgent situations that need ministry. And, and, and it's so urgent means it's serious, and we need to minister to people today. So we're, I'm, I'm, I'm going to invite the worship team to get ready. But as they're coming, I wanted to just share some things because I know some of you uh, will be leaving here. You're not sick, and so this doesn't apply to some of you. So I want to talk to you guys uh, about your hands, everyone about your hands, and I want to ask these questions to you. Like, how do you feel about your hands? What do you, what do you believe about your hands? How do, you, how do you see your hands? Even you that are young, uh, sometimes younger people, you're, going, you're growing, and sometimes you lack confidence in yourself. You know, maybe you think, well, who am I? I'm just this younger person. I want to tell you younger ones, that if you believe God's power flows through your hands, you'll have it, and, and you can lay hands on people, even when you're young, okay? I've heard testimonies where children laid hands, and grown-ups were healed when children laid hands on them. And those testimonies have been out there for a while. So how do you see and believe about your hands? Uh, do you see your hands as vehicles for the anointing oil to flow through, okay? And it's not your works. It's not by anything you are. It's by God's graciousness that he chose. The way that I like to say it, God chose flesh and blood to flow through to minister to flesh and blood. You know, that, that was what he decided to do. And so he graciously does that because none of us deserve it. But God is a gracious God. He loves people so much he, and he must use people to minister to people. And so God flows to us, and all we have to do is believe that his power flows to us. So it's important, if, as you walk out of here today, and maybe you're not sick, remember that your hands are vehicles. And remember this too, uh, Hebrews chapter 6, the couple, first couple verses, that's the scriptures about... Uh, in Hebrews, the six basic doctrines of the church are in there. And one of the six basic doctrines of the church is the laying on of hands. And so if we stop teaching and preaching it, we'll stop doing it. And God confirms his word with signs following. So the only way that we're going to continue to have signs, wonders, and miracles happen by the laying on of hands is we have to remind ourselves. And uh, we have to every so often bring it up. And so 
when you walk out of here today remember that your hands have power flowing through them all right then I, I wanted to say something about whoever is with us today and you want hands laid on you because of sickness or disease or oppression and depression the power of God will break the yoke of oppression and depression the power of God will break the yoke of sickness and disease so if you're somebody that's going to come up today to be ministered to I want to say this to you about the hands that will be laid on you because we're a team here and I believe that our ministry team up here uh, they have the same anointing on them our church has a corporate anointing on it and it's the same anointing as if I'm laying hands on you because of being a team and a corporate ministry so I wanted to say that you that have hands laid on you today I want you to imagine how much power is flowing through the hands that are laid on you just like the Lord of Assyria what he did to Assyria he caused Israel to grow so powerful that it broke the yoke of Assyria just like when Jesus came that what he had was greater than what the devil had I want you to imagine that when hands are laid on you that the creator of the universe in his almighty power flows through the hands that are being laid on you and that his power will flow to the place that it needs to go and it will bring healing and a cure and I like what my brother-in-law said a long time ago he said the Holy Ghost is intelligent and you know the Holy Spirit's just as intelligent as God is and you know even if you if you if you say even if you don't tell somebody what's wrong in your body the Holy Spirit is intelligent enough to go to the right place so when you have hands laid on you the Holy Spirit is so intelligent he will go to the root of the problem like there's like immense power going to the root of the problem making a difference causing a cure okay so that's for you that uh, would have hands laid on you okay so father we thank you today for your goodness thank you father God that it's your heart to eradicate sickness disease and pain oppression depression to cause physical bodies to recover and be well to, to cause minds to be whole and well father so I thank you Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at church If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at 